Holy Father in heaven, blessed be your holy name, Lord, for the blessings you give to us and the temporal things and the spiritual meat that you have supplied for our growth. Lord, at this moment we pray that you would use us as instruments by which your will will be executed on this earth. Consecrate us all to your service, dear Lord. For that purpose, Lord, we want to fellowship with you. Please grant us the honor and privilege of your presence. Be with us in the person of your Holy Spirit. Grant us understanding. Help us, for Lord, to rightly divide the word of truth. And may it be strength and edification to us. I, Lord, I present myself to you. Please put your words in my mouth, for I have nothing to say. I will be a blessing to your children. Therefore, Lord, use me as a vessel, and may your words be spoken. For the sake of your son, Jesus, that died on the cross of Calvary, Lord, may we all be blessed today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Conflict and Courage May 19 Revival We have sinned against the Lord Cry unto the Lord our God for us 1 Samuel chapter 7 verse 6 and 8 Samuel visited the cities and villages throughout the land seeking to turn the hearts of the people to the God of their fathers and his efforts were not without good results after suffering the oppression of their enemies for 20 years, the Israelites mourned after the Lord. Samuel counseled them, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only. Here we see that practical piety, heart religion, was taught in the days of Samuel, as taught by Christ when he was upon the earth. Without the grace of Christ, the outward forms of religion were valueless to ancient Israel. They are the same to modern Israel. There is need today of such a revival of true heart religion as was experienced by ancient Israel. Repentance is the first step that must be taken by all who would return to God. No one can do this work for another. We must individually humble our souls before God and put away our idols. When we have done all that we can do, the Lord will manifest to us his salvation. A large assembly was gathered at Mizpeh. Here a solemn fast was held. With deep humiliation, the people confessed their sins and as an evidence of their determination to obey the instructions they had heard, they invested Samuel with the authority of judge. While Samuel was in the act of presenting a lamb as a burnt offering, the Philistines drew near for battle. A terrible storm burst upon the advancing hosts, and the earth was strewn with the dead bodies of mighty warriors. The Israelites had stood in silent awe, trembling with hope and fear. 
when they beheld the slaughter of their enemies, they knew that God had accepted their repentance. For nations as well as individuals, the path of obedience to God is the path of safety and happiness, while that of transgression leads only to disaster and defeat. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Revival, and that is indeed a need for our time. We are looking at the story for the ch- story of the children of Israel. When we look from the beginning of it, starting from Abraham, the Lord promised him that he was going to be the possessor of the land of Canaan. And through his posterity, the Lord intended that this his promise will be fulfilled. Jacob, the grandson of Abraham, was also given this promise and his 12 children were also the ones that the Lord was going to use for this purpose. These 12 children are known as the 12 tribes of Israel. Later, the Lord would have them go into Egypt and they were supposed to be slaves there for some time. But the Lord's promise was that they will come out of Egypt and he will give them the land of Canaan. This promise was supposed to be fulfilled through the leader, Moses. Moses was appointed as the one who would lead the children of Israel into Canaan. But this work that was supposed to take a few days, just some months of walking out of Egypt and then into Canaan, was supposed to take them nothing more than two months or so. But because of unbelief, because of their lack of humility, now this work has taken many many years over a hundred years has passed now they spent 40 years in the wilderness and then uh, they came out joshua was the one who led them into canaan now when they entered into canaan the lord gave them instructions like we've already seen in past devotions that they were to outrightly destroy all the hidden that were there they disobeyed God. Many years had passed now. The Lord saw that the children of Israel were stiff-necked. God raised for them judges like Shamgar, Othniel, Ehud, and Micah. And then you also see people like Samson, Jephthah, Gideon. All these people in accumulated years have already stayed up to almost 200 years. And yet they had not possessed the land in the manner the Lord wanted them to instead of them being leaders in the place now they were slaves to the heathen that the lord wanted them to overthrow what a travesty what a terrible thing that had happened to them over and over they were slaves to the people who were supposed to be slaves to them can you imagine that but what was the problem with this why was it so do you remember when the walls of jericho fell down and we read and understood that these people were worshipping other gods and one of them that was singled out was Ashtaroth, the god of the Zidonians and the god of the people in Jericho and the god of many others like the Philistines had Dagon of course and they worshipped worshipped many gods. This was what the children of Israel fell into and because of that they became slaves to their masters. They became slaves to the heathens. So, what was the problem for, for the children of Israel? Disobedience. And time after time, the Lord would deliver them. But they would go back to it again. And he would deliver them and they would go back to it again. Now, in the days of Samuel, they were under the slavery to the Philistines once again. 
Under Samson, that was the same problem. It was the Philistines. And the Lord used Samson to deliver them. But they did not come out of their sins. Then the Lord left the Philistines again to take over them. Remember that we read in the book of Judges chapter 2 that the Lord left five nations to use to try the children of Israel. So he wanted to know if they will obey me, I will allow them to continue to subdue these people. But as soon as they but when they disobey me, he will allow those five nations to overthrow them. One of them was the Philistines. We also had people like the Ammonites and uh, some other nations that were there. In this time, it was once again the Philistines. In the book of 1 Samuel 7, reading from verse 2 to 17, we now see what was really going on. They had already been conquered by the Philistines at this time. When, when um, Hophni and Phinehas died in that battle, Eli also died and the family of Eli was already just rejected. And this was what had happened. The ark of the Lord was the Philistines and the Lord wrought wonders in the land of the Philistines and they had to return it. But yet, they were still under the Philistines. Samuel knew what the problem was. The, ch- the children of Israel were suffering under the Philistines. And now we read it in 1 Samuel chapter 7, reading from verse 2. It says there, and it came to pass, while the ark abode in Kijat Jerim, that the time was long, for it was twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and asteroids from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away Baalim and Ashtaroth and served the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpeh, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered to Mizpeh and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpeh. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together in Mizpeh, just to cut the long story short, they wanted to go and fight them. Now the children of Israel, hearing about it, told Samuel in verse 8, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel, he made an offering, he prayed to God, and it says there in verse 10, And as Samuel was offering the bond offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel, but the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpeh and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpeh and Shen, and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Amen. I'll stop there. Here we see clearly something that the Lord will have us understand. You know, when Samuel was telling them in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3, that they should serve God only, he, he, he was specific and told them, if you do return to the Lord, because they would say, oh, I've returned to the Lord, we are serving God, we are worshipping God, like many Christians will say today, well, we are serving God, we are coming to church, we are doing the right thing, we are praying to God. God, Samuel didn't leave it like that. He told them, if you have really returned, put away Ashtaroth and all other strange gods and let only God be your God. That is the sign that you have returned. The church of God today is in need of such kind of revival because as I look at the lives of Christians and even my own life, I realize that truly we can say we are serving God. I can be here preaching and many of us can go around doing evangelisms but we have strange gods in our lives. Do you know who Ashtaroth is? Ashtaroth is the same god that is called Ishtar, the god called 
Easter. And we are around that period, just passed away from us, Easter. Where in the Bible do we see Easter? When we read the book of Acts chapter 10, we realize Ashtaroth, the god who was worshipped by the Romans also. This is a god that goes by many names in the different nations. You know, when God confused them in Babel, their language changed and the same thing they call one thing became different. One will call it Ishtar, another one will say Ashtaroth, another one says Easter, another one says Diana. They all are the same god. And it was the god of these heathen people that the Israelites were worshipping. It is not about having idols in the home, but what practices do you have in your life? That is what shows whether you serve God only or you are serving other gods. Are you participating in these Easter services where you see they are sharing eggs and all of that? Then you are having other gods. And besides, every practice in our lives tells us whether we have other gods or not. And when we have other gods on, in our lives, then you will find out that we will not succeed like it was for the children of Israel. They were under bondage. What kind of bondage am I referring to? The bondage of sin to start with. And secondly, we will not be able to get the victory. We cannot have force or power before the people in the world. And for us today, our own battle is the battle of the ministry, evangelism, missionary work. You cannot convert people into the truth. You cannot be instrumental in converting people into the truth when you yourself are secretly serving other gods. God knows that we are secretly serving him, serving other gods. And also publicly, when we are serving other gods publicly, then we cannot have the victory. You see, as I was reading this story, I read it with mixed feelings. Sin is indeed a reproach to a people. Look at the almighty Israel, weak before their enemies. Here are a people who were once known for the destruction of mighty nations, nations mightier than the Philistines and the ones which were now oppressing them. They had mighty generals like Joshua and Caleb, but now they have become powerless before their enemies. But what was the true source of this powerlessness? It was disobedience to God and serving idols that led to it. The Lord had warned them through Moses and Joshua that this would be their case when they disobeyed and they were reaping the fruits of their disobedience. Since they did not retain God in their minds, God gave them up to their enemies. The graven images of their gods shall you born was, the Lord, was what the Lord told them in Deuteronomy 7. In the book of Deuteronomy 7 verse 25 and 26, Moses had spoken to them the word of God saying, The graven images of their gods shall you burn with fire. Thou shalt not desire the silver or the gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared therein, for it is an abomination unto thy God. Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be cursed, be a cursed thing like it. But thou shalt utterly detest it, and thou shalt utterly abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. But Israel did not listen, and now they were in the hands of their enemies, serving them. This teaches us a lesson of complete surrender and making appropriate sacrifices. They held on to the idols and it was a cursed thing to them. It was the source of their troubles and they couldn't have victory. While we hold on to things that are abominable, abominable practices, we cannot have victories and the Lord will not prosper us. Israel served Ashtaroth, Baal and the God of the heathen. God left them. When those who profess to be God's commandment-keeping people serve other gods and idols and bring in the practices of these gods into their lives and the abominable things into their houses, they forfeit the protection of God. But through Samuel, God wrought a deliverance for them. Those words that Samuel said to them, 
if you do return unto the Lord with all your heart, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you. And the Bible says that they put away Baalim and Ashtaroth and served God only. And what followed? Victory followed. The lesson is for us. Complete and courage, page 145, paragraph 3 and 4 says, There is need today of such a revival of true heart religion as was experienced by ancient Israel. Repentance is the first step that must be taken by all who would return to God. No one can do this for this work for another. We must individually humble our souls before God and put away our idols. When we have done all that we can do, the Lord will manifest to us His salvation. Amen. So what are our idols and practices that need to be taken away so that we can have a revival? You know that when you are talking of a revival, what follows is a reformation. What Samuel was requesting from the children of Israel was a work of reformation. He was asking for a change in their lives, a revival and a reformation. They needed Sabbath reform. They needed dress reform. They needed social reform. They needed health reform. They needed educational reform. But this reform cannot happen except there was a revival. They also needed a reform in many of their private practices. Private practices on their view of amusement and recreation, entertainment and the one they participate in. They need a reform in they needed a reform in their marriage life and their sexual relations with, with themselves based on the wrong practices. Today we look at Christianity. So much divorce among Christians. Churches are loaded in sinful practices. They are dead and lack the spirit. Another spirit, a strange fire is in our churches. The god of money has taken over the leaders and practices of spiritualism has crept in. Boldly lifting his ugly head in the churches. Yoga, transcendental meditation, spiritual formation, contemplative prayer, and all other abominable practices are now popular in the churches. There is need indeed of a reformation in the churches of today. But these reforms cannot take place without a revival. Reading from Christian Service, page 42, and downward it says, The time has come for a thorough reformation to take place. When this reformation begins, the spirit of prayer will actuate every believer and will banish from the church the spirit of discord and strife. There is great necessity for reformation among the people of God. The present state of the church leads to the inquiry. Is this a, represent, a correct representation of him who gave his life for us? End of quote. And we really need to ask this question to ourselves. Look at the practices going on among the private life of Christians and then in the public worship of God. Is it in the day of worship or is it in the system, in the beliefs that people are practicing today? Is it in the, the things that are permitted in the life of the Christians today? Ask, we need to ask ourselves, is this a correct representation of him who gave his life for us? When in the way we dress, is it a correct representation? When we go into the churches bringing in the worldly music there, is it a correct representation with the drumming and the dancing? Is it a correct representation of him who gave his life for us? If it is not, then we need a reformation. But it cannot work without a revival. Christian Service, page 41, paragraph 4 says, A revival of true godliness among us is the greatest and most urgent of all our needs. To seek this should be our first work. End of quote. So that means 
you cannot have a reformation without a revival. The revival is very, very important. So what is revival and reformation? Christian Service, page 42, paragraph 2 says, A revival and reformation must take place under the ministration of the Holy Spirit. Revival and reformation are two different things. Revival signifies a renewal of, a sp- of spiritual life, a quickening of the powers of mind and heart, a resurrection from the spiritual death. Reformation signifies a reorganization, a change in ideas and theories, habits and practices. Reformation will not bring forth the good fruit of righteousness unless it is connected with the revival of the Spirit. Revival and reformation are to do their appointed work, and in doing this, in doing this work, they must blend. End of quote. So we see here that revival has to do with the work the Holy Spirit does in the life that will bring about a resurrection from the spiritual stupor and death that we are facing. And it's only under the ministration of the Holy Spirit that revival can take place and then the reformation will follow. But how can we have the Holy Spirit then since this is the catalyst for a revival? It is no big issue to get the Holy Spirit. Simply ask. Luke 11 verse 13, Jesus said, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit unto them that ask him? That is how to get the Holy Spirit. Just ask. And Jesus promised us in the book of John 14 verse 15 to 17, he said, If you love me, Keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. So you see the mixture between the commandments and the Holy Spirit. If you love me, keep my commandments, then I will pray the Father and he will give you the comforter. So the Holy Spirit is given to them that obey. If you keep the commandments, Jesus said, I will pray the Holy Spirit will come to you. And then also, can we keep the commandments without God's help? We must first go down on our knees in prayer to God. And after we pray to God, ask Him for the Spirit to give us the power to obey. And when we obey His word, then also ask for the Spirit again. And the Lord will give the Spirit to them that obey Him. Verse 17 says, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but you know Him, for He dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. So, for us to have a revival in our lives, individually, we need the Holy Spirit. Contrary to what we are told in the churches that we need to speak in tongues before you have the Holy Spirit, please don't, 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 don't let that detract you at all. Jesus said, simply ask and you will have the Holy Spirit. Holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Daniel, John, Jeremiah, all the prophets of old, even Moses, we don't hear them speaking in tongues before they have the Holy Spirit, but they were filled with the Holy Spirit and did mighty works of God. So, don't fall into the lie and deception that you must first of all speak in tongues to show that you have the Holy Spirit. That's not true. It's not biblical. Reading from Christian Service, page 42, paragraph 3, we are told, Do not the scriptures call for a more pure and holy work than we have yet seen? God calls upon those who are willing to be controlled by the Holy Spirit to lead out in a work of thorough reformation. I see a crisis before us and the Lord calls for his laborers to come come into line. Every soul should now stand in a position of deeper 
through our consecration to God than during the years that have passed. End of quote. So you see here that it is only those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit that can lead out in the work of thorough reformation. And I want to say, the thorough reformation here is specific. Just as Samuel told the people, he didn't just tell them, come to church and say you believe in the Lord. He said, if you really serve the Lord only, put away Ashtaroth. Then do that. Don't say, oh, I serve God, but yet you are still involved in worldly practices. You dress like the world. You act like them. You still join in the worship services of the world. And what are the worship services of the world? It is right there in the television. When you go buying those DVDs and watching those movies and those soap operas and those comedies, you are verily in a worship service of the devil. Why? Christians are so blinded they don't even see this. They don't understand it. They are watching Hollywood, Bollywood, Nollywood, but they don't know that every time they are seated in their phones watching these things or in their TVs, they are just in the worship service of the devil. They don't know that. And some will hear me and say, oh, this person is sounding too extreme. Extreme? I'm not sounding extreme. You have gone far, so far away from God that you cannot understand when you are even worshipping other gods. You don't even know it. And then it looks to you as what, what is being said now is extreme. No, you are serving other gods. Ever heard of Anton LaVey, the man who started the Church of Satan? He had a daughter called Zina LaVey, another man who was the one who took over from him, Nicholas Shrek. And they came in an interview one of these, with one Christian man and they told him to his face, Christianity is dead. And, he, and the man said, how can you see Christianity is dead? Can't you see how Christianity is growing? And in all over, we are getting more churches, more numbers. We are getting more converts into Pentecostal Christianity. And he said, yes, I know that, of course. But Christianity is dead because the music you play is our music. You follow our worship styles. You re, you, 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 your rock music, your style, you may put your words in it. But it is still our music. And the man was shocked. And he told them, all, what of, check your practices. You join us in our own services. Many people don't even know that the music artists, many of them, are into Satanism. And you listen to their music. Some even know that people like Selim Dion are actually worshippers in the Church of Satan. Some know that people like Tom Cruise are people who are following Scientology and many other actors. Now, when they act their movies, they are only promoting their ideology and their beliefs in these movies. When you just analyze the movies and hear the words they say, and you see what they're actually trying to push out, the narrative, you realize that these people are just pushing their own message. That is the way that the devil does his own worship styles. Go to the olden times, the ancient times, and you see how was it they were doing their worship services. It was in their own idolatrous shrines. What do they do? They mime, they act, they they sing. This is the way they do their worship services. It was true the same thing. Miming is what we call acting today and now it was the pagans who used to do that but today christians sit comfortably worshiping ashtaroth and baal without knowing it and even when you try to convince them they feel like man this is just innocent pleasure here keep quiet you're just being so extreme really put away the strange gods from you and stop making the christian faith to be powerless because how can you have any power with the world when you are practicing the same things that they are practicing? There is need indeed of a reformation. And when you copy their hairstyles, copy their dress, copy their words and their maxims and their ideas, what are you doing? You have, they have become your master. The Philistines are your masters. How do you know who your master is? The person you are obeying, that is your master. 
if jay-z says dress this way you dress that way you see beyonce dress the other way you join and all the worldly musicians and the actors whatever they do you follow they are your master it is not jesus that's your master the philistines are ruling over you and you are powerless that is what is going on put away from yourself the strange gods so that christianity can have some power to at least be the salt of this earth and be a light to this world and be a living an influence of positivity and righteousness and goodness to this earth but if we do not do that we will be under them forever and perish under them there is need indeed of a reformation and a revival finally reading from testimonies volume 9 page 126 we are told in visions of the night representations passed before me of a great reformatory movement among god's people many were praising god the sick were healed and other miracles were wrought hundreds and thousands were seen visiting families and opening before them the word of god hearts were convicted by the power of the holy spirit and a spirit of take note genuine conversion was manifest on every side doors were thrown open to the proclamation of the truth the world seemed to be lightened with the heavenly influence great blessings were received by the true and humble people of god end of quote brothers and sisters as we see the spiritual death taking place in christianity and the lack of zeal and the prevalence of wrong practice in the church we know that we all have a need of revival and like samuel said if you will say truly serve the lord then put away like he said if you do return unto the lord with all your heart then put away the strange gods and asteroids from among you i am examining myself and I see the Ashtaroth in my life and the Balim that I need to put away. He is not saying put away physical idols now. Your practices that you secretly are doing, like I said, whether it is on your phones or in your life, put them away. This is how we return to God and serve Him only that we may have no other God before us. Then we can have the victory. Then we can have indeed a true conversion in our lives and be an influence in others lives in conclusion it says in conflict and courage page 145 paragraph C, it says for nations as well as in, as for individuals and i will also add for churches the path of obedience to god is the path of safety and happiness while that of transgression leads only to disaster and defeat let us pray Dear Father in heaven, I pray that these words that have been spoken will touch the hearts of your children, that we may have and see that need of revival. Lord, please help us not to revolt at the truth or revolt at the message or revolt at the messenger. I pray, Lord, that you will help us to truly be converted and put away from among us the gods that we are worshipping, the gods of Ashtoreth that comes in the practices we have in our lives or the entertainment that we engage in and everything lord i cannot list everything but lord convict the heart of your children that they may know wherein they are wrong and where they are serving other gods convict all of us lord and help us to have this true revival individually and as a church and as as a nation thank you lord for hearing and thank you for answering our prayers in jesus name i've prayed amen <music>